You are listening to the Faith Church Podcast. Learn more about our church at faithinchandler.com. Hello, I've just come in from the parking lot, uh, which we were getting cleared. However, uh, Fifth Street is absolutely frozen over. No trucks have passed by all the time. We've been working out there. I was hoping that uh, it was going to receive some attention. And so we are canceling services. So I have walked in, uh, put on a collared shirt, changed out of my snow boots, and I'm going to record this uh, so that you and your family hopefully can uh, gather and worship. I was so excited uh, to share this message with you and also show uh, the 2018 highlight video, uh, but we're going to do it this way. And uh, please be praying with me uh, for next week uh, that God will work in a powerful way. Uh, We've got a lot of effort and investment going into this week in preparing for our launch of our second worship service. And so uh, just be praying that that there's nothing like this that happens next week uh, that throws a wrench into all of that effort and planning, and that God uses that in a big, big way. I'm going to be in Psalm 103 this morning, and last week I began my message telling you that when the Jews celebrate Passover, they read the Song of Solomon. Well, today I'd like to tell you that when the Jews celebrate Pentecost, that many of them read the book of Ruth. And Passover is a celebration of God freeing the Israelites from Egypt and the death angel passing over. It's a celebration of God freeing them from bondage. Pentecost is the celebration of God coming and meeting with the people at Mount Sinai. You see, after God frees the Israelites from Egypt's bondage, they make their way, and Pharaoh has a change of heart. And he sends his army after them, and the Israelites are trapped between mountains, the Red Sea, and the Egyptians. And God causes the Red Sea to part, and they cross on dry ground. And the Pharaoh and his men, they come charging after him. Pharaoh's men are drowned as the waters close in after the Israelites have passed through, and the Egyptians are drowned. And not only are God's people rescued, but then their captors are destroyed. And then they meet with God at Mount Sinai. And it is there at Mount Sinai that God meets with the people and gives them the law, gives them the Ten Commandments. This is actually the message the pastor Eric preached to us about, the context of that message, was this meeting at Mount Sinai. You might not remember so much about Mount Sinai, but maybe you think of that as the Lord of the Rings sermon that he preached to us at the end of 2018. But that was the setting, God's people meeting with him at Mount Sinai. And when the Jews celebrate that meeting of God giving the law and giving the truth and showing them how they would be his people and he would be their God. When they celebrate that, when they look back on that moment, they read the book of Ruth. Because Ruth is a story of a woman who was a a stranger from a foreign land, who lost her husband, was struggling to, to make ends meet, struggling to feed herself, and the mother of her deceased husband, her mother in law, who was also a widow. And God works through an extraordinary uh, set of circumstances to bring her to this man named Boaz, who she marries and takes care of her and provides for her. And she has a family with this man, and she ends up becoming the great-grandmother of King David. And the reason that the Jews read Ruth at the celebration of Pentecost is because Pentecost is how God is going to take care of them. It's him showing them how they'll be his people. And Ruth is a story of God taking care of this woman, showing her how he's going to provide for her. And we've been talking about prayer. We've talked about praying and doing the work and then trusting God to send the answers. We've been talking about 
uh, prayer as a, a relationship with God, a loving relationship with God. And today I want to talk to you about prayer as praise and thanksgiving, giving God thanksgiving for what he's done in your life, giving God thanksgiving for the way that he is providing for you, the things that he's done to make sure that you're taken care of. And that's what's talked about in Psalm 103. So I'm going to read you a few verses from Psalm 103, and you'll see that there the psalmist talks about how God has shown him and taken care of him, provided for him. Psalm 103, verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. He goes on, he continues to talk about all these things that God has done, the way that God has been there for him day in and day out, the way that God has worked through the difficulty and the, the mess. And that's what happens here in this, this passage, is the poet is thanking God for the ways he's been there with him and provided for him, not only rescued him from bondage, but showed him how he'll take care of him. Earlier, you watched the 2018 video highlights from this past year. It was a video of great things that happened in 2018. It was the highlight video of 2018. I didn't include in it the hard things from last year. I didn't include in it the things that didn't go as planned. Um, there's no way to include everything, uh, even if we were going to include every good thing. There's no way to include everything if we were going to include all the bad things. There's no way to include everything because we don't even know all it is that God was up to, because there's so much that he was up to that we can't even see. But if we're going to narrow it down to six minutes, and when I first put that video together, it was so long, and I had to just keep editing it down to the parts that I wanted to show you the most. I'm going to show you the, the very best. If I was going to show you everything, I'd have to show some things that didn't go so great. Uh, I don't watch SportsCenter much anymore because we no longer have cable. But every night on SportsCenter, they do the top 10, and it's the top 10 plays of the day. But once a week, they do the not top 10. And the not top 10 are all of the bloopers. It's all of the mistakes. It's the funny moments where a player trips and falls, or he scores a, a basket in his own team's basket. And so once a week, they put together the not top 10. And I just happened to be at a restaurant the other day when the not top 10 was on. And if I put a not top 10 together for 2018, it would probably include things like when the church van ignition stopped working the morning of Break the Chains and we had people stranded over at the elementary school or the time that the baptistry heater didn't heat up and the water was so cold for Tammy's baptism or when VBS decorations couldn't make it in. And so in the middle of a visit from my parents and my brother and his family, Nicole and I drove the church van down for the portion of their visit where we saw my sister so that we could bring all the VBS decorations back. Or um, when the t-shirt order for the 8K was so late that I was standing in the shop in downtown as they were finishing the last shirts, even though people had already started showing up here at the church to pick up their packets. Or when the computer in the sound booth had a midlife crisis uh, during the Christmas Eve candlelight service and Abby's song had to start over three times. In the midst of all of those things that didn't go so great in 2018 and several others that I could 
mentioned. God was working then too. Not just in the good and the highlights that we showed. God was working in the funerals and the tough phone calls and the counseling sessions that didn't go great and the people who just dropped off the face of the earth. God was faithful when we weren't. God was good when the world was awful. God was gracious when people were cruel. And it would feel disingenuous to talk about 2018 as if it was all good, as if the whole year was a highlight reel, as if it was all rainbows and sunshines, especially since we lost so much in 2018. But I love what this passage says later on in Psalm 103. Verses 13 to 17, I think, speak directly to what we're, we're touching on this morning. Verse 13 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it's gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. I think one of the reasons that I like the Not Top Ten so much is because it's a reminder that the superstars that play on professional football teams and basketball teams and baseball teams, these professional athletes, that they make mistakes too. And the Not Top Ten is a, a collection of the mistakes that they've made, and it's a reminder that they're human, that they're not superhuman, that they're not perfect, they're professional athletes. They get paid to play sports, but they still make mistakes. They make bloopers. Now, they make far fewer bloopers than we do. And if we were out there, we would probably make a lot of mistakes. And if cameras were trained on us all of the time like they are on them, they're probably, probably really easy to put together and not top ten on us every week. Those moments are great because it's a reminder that they're human like we're human. But God needs no reminder. What this passage says is that God remembers our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And he pities us like a father pities his children. This week, um, Lincoln shut his finger in a door again. And it was right before school started. And so I was here at the church working, and Nicole and the kids were at school. And so Nicole FaceTimed me. She called me on her phone so that I could see Lincoln. I could try to comfort him. And I've just seen him cry. My heart broke. I wanted to reach through that phone and trade fingers with him for a moment to take away the pain. Poor guy. Like a father pities his children, the father pities us. And when the Lord looks on us, he knows that not everything's a highlight reel and not everything goes perfectly, and he pities us. He knows that we're dust. He reaches down and he cares for us. And Psalm 103 is a psalm of praise. It's a, it's a prayer lifted up to God. And we have reason to give God praise because he knows that we're dust. He knows that we're a mess. He knows that we're broken, and he loves us and cares for us and pities us. He has reached down through heaven to hurt with us, to hurt for us, and to take away our hurt. That's the reason that the opening of this psalm says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So he's the God who forgiveth all iniquities, who healeth all diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. God sees 
our need. He pities us like a father pities children, but he's able to do something about it, and he has done something about it. He's able to reach down and take the hurt for us and fix what is broken within us. And so God is able to help. God sees our brokenness. He sees our humanity. He sees our frailty. He doesn't forget our frame. He doesn't forget that we are dust. He sees all of the clips that are not highlights but are lowlights. He sees all the not top ten moments of our lives, and he's able to reach and work in the midst of all of those. And so in the moments of 2018 that were not great, in the moments of 2018 that were great, God was still there working. And in this moment right now, where we've had to cancel the services this morning, and I was back and forth all morning and driving on roads and and shoveling the the parking lot, going back and forth, and I'm thinking, God, what is it that you're doing? And what God reminds me of again and again is that he knows what he's up to. This week, as we put together the mailing, we... On Friday at 2, Keith and Cheryl and Gail came and helped put all of the cards together for the mailing, and I went looking for rubber bands, and I couldn't find rubber bands anywhere, and I knew that we had rubber bands in the church, and I was looking here and there, and I was frustrated, and I said, all right, fine, I'm going to run to the store to buy more rubber bands. And I get to Dollar General here in Chandler, and I'm grabbing up rubber bands, and the clerk behind the counter says, hey, Pastor Daniel, I'm, I'm hoping to be there when you guys have two services. And she'd received an email from me. and Maybe it was a God thing that I couldn't find rubber bands. Maybe I was supposed to go. When you read the story of Ruth, you see that it's, it's not clean, it's messy. And there are parts of it that things aren't going well. And it's like, is God in this? Does he have a plan here? But then he brings all of the pieces together and he does have a plan. God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He saves them from their bondage. Then they're trapped at the Red Sea. They feel like, what has God brought us out here for? Then he parts the sea and they're able to cross and they give God praise. But then they find themselves in the wilderness and Moses is up in a mountain and they're wondering where God is at and they begin to fall away to worship other gods. And God had a plan all along. He was working in all of it. And so even this morning, if you don't feel like you're on one of those mountaintops where you can give God praise, we should spend time in prayer as praise. Because in the good and the bad, God has been working. And in our brokenness, he pities us and he cares for us. He has not forgotten about us and he's not forgotten our frame. He has not forgotten the fact that we are dust. And he satisfies us with good things so that our youth is renewed like an eagle. What happens here is Psalm 103 easily slips into a prayer. The psalmist is is singing, but he's also praying, and he's giving God praise. And I hope that there are moments in our worship times here at, at Faith Church where you're not really quite sure as Carrie and Tammy are leading us, or as Derek, Haley, and Ben are leading us. You're not really quite sure if you're singing or praying. But as you sing along with them, There are moments that you're not just singing, but you're singing to God or you're praying to Him. You're kind of straddling the fence between worship and prayer. You're doing both. We've been focused on prayer for the past few weeks, and I'm asking you to keep praying and fasting with me this week, that God would do great things over the next seven days. We have so much effort and investment going into these next seven days as we look towards the launch of our second worship service next week. But I hope that our prayer is not just marked by 
asking God for things and not just marked by, God, I want to spend time with you, but also saying thank you. Because that's the appropriate response when we recognize all that God has done for us. I was moved at the beginning of this 21 days of prayer that by spending time in prayer and fasting in a new and different way, I just felt this wave of gratitude come over me. Because in those moments of spending time with God, in those moments of saying no to things that I normally would participate in, I recognize there's so much in my life that I take for granted. So much that God has done that I'm so prone to forget about. So let our prayers not just be marked by the things that we want, and let our prayers not just be marked by spending time in devotion, but let our prayers be marked by praise and thanksgiving and gratitude. God has given us so much, and none of it is deserved. God doesn't owe us anything. God doesn't owe us good weather on a Sunday. God doesn't owe us success. God doesn't owe us anything. Everything that we have received has been because of grace and mercy is not deserved. Nothing God has given you was given to you because you deserved it, unless he's given you punishment, and that we absolutely deserve. You see, the gospel is woven all throughout Psalm 103. Verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Verse 4, who redeems thy life from destruction, crowns thee with kindness and tender mercy. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plentiful or plenteous in mercy. Verse 10, he hath not dealt with us after our, our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquity. Verse 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Everything that God's given us has been given us by grace. He's not dealt with us according to our sins. He's not dealt with us according to what we deserve. He's dealt with us according to his grace. You see, you and I were able to enter into relationship with God and pray to God, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus came and lived a perfect, sinless life and died on a cross for sins that he didn't commit, but rather that you and I committed He was opening the door of a relationship to God for us. He was taking the punishment that you and I deserve. He was taking the enmity out of the the air. Scripture says that Christ took the enmity, and enmity is when you have a disagreement with someone, you, you have an argument with someone, and you don't resolve it. There's no reconciliation, and so it's just kind of hanging in the air. When you see that person, that thing is there. Maybe you don't talk about it, but it's still hanging in the air between you. And sin was the thing hanging in the air between us and God. And Christ came and he took the sin on his shoulders on the cross so that God no longer deals with us according to our sin, but rather because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, taking our place. So throughout Psalm 103, we have this weaving of the gospel that you and I are able to have a relationship with God because of what Christ has done. And if you have nothing else in this life, If nothing else has gone right for you, you own nothing, you have no relationships, you're lonely and penniless and hungry, if you have nothing else but you have Christ, you've got a reason to praise God. If you have nothing else but you have Jesus, and you've got a relationship with God because of what Jesus did for you, you have a reason to praise God. I'm so moved by the life of Viktor Frankl. He was 
taken to a Nazi concentration camp when the Germans were cruel and people all around him were dying. And he realized in the concentration camp that the Germans could take everything from him, but they couldn't take his joy. They could take his clothing, they could take his health, they could take his food, they could take his water, they could take his sleep, they could take his energy, they could take his strength, but they couldn't take his joy. They could even take his life, but they couldn't take his joy. And woven all throughout Psalm 103 is this thing that all of us can give God praise for. All of us can spend time praising God about. And even if we had a year, even if 2018 had been a year where there was nothing to put on a highlight reel because nothing had gone well, but it was a year that we experienced grace in our lives, we have something to give God praise for. We have a reason to thank Him. We have a reason to praise God. Are you thankful that God has redeemed your life from destruction? Are you thankful that God has not dealt with you after your iniquities? Does it strike you? Does it still move you that God has forgiven you of your sin? We have reason to spend time praising God for what He has done. If you put your faith in Christ and you have a relationship with God, you've got reason to praise the Lord in prayer. Because we're doing our service this way today, I'd like to encourage you to take a moment, if you're watching this by yourself, and spend some time in prayer and praise God. If you're watching it with family, take a moment and acknowledge something that God has done for you. Acknowledge something that God's done in your life. And I'm not talking about the things that maybe we would normally say at Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that I've got clothes. I'm thankful that I've got a house. What's a way that God's intervened in your life? Share that with your family. Share that with whoever you're watching this with. What's a way that God has intervened? What's a way that God has stepped into your story? What's a way that God has redeemed you? What's a way that God has shown you through the mess of life that he's going to take care of you and provide for you, just like he did for Ruth and just like he did for the Jews at Mount Sinai, what's a way God's shown you he's going to care for you? He's going to be there for you. He's going to rescue you. He's going to redeem you. He's going to renew you. Take a moment and acknowledge and be grateful for what he's done.